0: Welcome to the podcast. Uh, today we are discussing wisdom of uh, Yoga Sutra. Yoga Sutra is uh, one of the most important texts, uh, we can say scriptures, of on wisdom of yoga. It is relatively modern. Um, it is considered roughly 2,000 years old. Uh, there are many, many texts uh, or scripts before this, uh, but... Yoga Sutra is wonderful. So this uh, we're discussing in this podcast episode: wisdom of Yoga Sutra. The precision of Yoga Sutra is so fantastic that uh, when we start uh, noticing that not even one single word is uh, wasted in this. So let's start with "atha yoga anushasanam." As I explaining, "atha" means now. And this now is in our a is inhale, th is exhale. So, in this now, it's a softer inhale and exhale. So, there is no force in it, it's naturally moving. Atha yoga nushasanam. Anu, anushasan means discipline. And so, here begins the discipline of yoga so the second thing we need to understand is uh, like first thing is that yoga begins now second thing is yoga is a discipline now what does that mean so that means that we need a regular study and that means that we need um, and we're going to explore the study a part of it in a, in a moment so how many part this yoga sutra so there are four parts and uh, they are called Pada. And so the first is Samadhi Pada. Uh, then uh, comes the Sadhana pad, Vibhuti pad, and Vairagya pad. And we are going to talk about it this little bit. You may have heard this before. You may not have heard this before. That's okay. We're going to explore this Yoga Sutra and how it is important for us to understand Yoga Sutra. So let's take a look at samadhi path samadhi path is where uh, basically how we can move towards state of samadhi so what is the state of samadhi samadhi can be called nirvana the state of enlightenment the state of samadhi basically you know and how can we move towards this so there are different ways uh, or guidelines are given in yoga sutra and this guideline is, you know, first we know that yoga begins here, Atha yoga Anushasanam. The second sentence is also Yoga Chitta Vritti Nirodha. Now, what is, uh, what is this means? This means is Yoga, what Yoga means is Chitta means mind, Vritti is fluctuation or movement of the mind, and Nirodha means stopping, okay? So yoga means stopping the movement of the mind so, uh, or reducing these movements. So let's look at our mind. Our mind is fascinating. Our mind is most uh, valuable tool we have. But since we do not train our mind to calm down, it doesn't know how to calm down. It is like an unruly child. So it is jumping from one branch of thought to other branch. It's a minute it's here and then other minute it's out other side of the world. So it's the most fast moving thing on this earth. Right. And so our mind is constantly thinking and the fluctuation, the thoughts, the emotions, uh, thoughts have emotions and colorings to it and all this is constantly happening in our mind sometimes we don't even know but the background background sounds we can call it in our head these uh, we can call the vrittis you know and these vrittis as so of fluctuating and then that affect our system as well so it's not just um the, the physical form but our mind is most important thing and what we can do is we can access our mind through physical form. And I'll talk about this when we are going to address that. So let's look at the mind. So mind is very much um, constantly moving. Uh, we can say object. It's not really object, but here we can call it. And it is so fast moving uh, that sometimes we don't even know like it, it, it is happening. And the way this coloring of, uh, of the thoughts is going to affect us so so what uh, yoga tells us is that our body is slow mind so mind moves fast but that reflects in our system so a lot of time uh, a lot of illnesses uh, origin is in our mind Um, let's take a look at stress we all um, uh, effect of the stress is different we all will react differently to the stress uh, so, so where did this stress origin from? And we also know that when we decide not to take stress, we can take this opportunity, uh, understanding what that. Oh, I'm taking stress. Once we realize that, that awareness is very powerful. And when we realize that, we can ha- gently let uh, bring in practices to let go of the stress. So what is yoga really? Does it mean that we have to do the asana? Does it mean that we have to do meditation? And what is a yoga sutra all about? In yoga sutra, there is only one sentence which mentions asana, which is thiram sukham asana. And what does that mean is uh, take your uh, uh, seat comfortably in the practice. So it has to be steady, thiram is steady. Sukham is with ease and uh, with the joy and asana is the uh, any asana you take so what is asana asana is basically seat so now if you notice that all the your asana practices are designed in uh, such a way that uh, it helps you to move towards sit for meditation for longer period of time so what is yoga sutra Yoga Sutra is all about how to meditate, how to meditate. It's all about that. you know It's amazing how fascinating it is that may, all the uh, information we have is about meditation. like you know the, what are the how, how mind behave, what will come up for the mind, you know what restrictions uh, how our mind and it's amazing how all the answers are there in Yoga Sutra and so we need to understand that even the yoga sutra is say 2000 years old there are um, uh, our human mind has not changed that much we still have the similar resistance now um, so so what is the basis for yoga sutra why and why it was developed and why it was written in this format so we can see that before Yoga Sutra, there are many, many uh, deep wisdoms of, on yoga, like there is uh, wisdom of Bhagavad Gita, and before that also there are many, many um, deep wisdoms, and uh, like uh, Rigveda, which is the most ancient um, scripture in human history, Uh, also mentions yoga, Uh, then there are uh, the four Vedas, which are Rig Veda, uh, Sama Veda, Yajur Veda, and Atharva Veda. And all these are basically uh, written or or orally transferred uh, to next generation. Uh, The reason was to move towards enlightenment. Humanity was looking towards the, uh, understood that, the purpose of human life is to move towards enlightenment now in this modern world we may not have that goal but what is enlightenment let's look at that so enlightenment may be um, you know m- moving towards our, our optimal uh, health optimal energy optimal uh, strength in the mind all this can help us to move towards enlightenment so uh, these are the side effects of yoga practices and we can use this understanding to bring better life in our day-to-day life. So even if enlightenment not may not be your goal, but it is no harm doing these, understanding these practices so that you can bring better, um, uh, well-balanced, you can live well-balanced life. Now, um, Enlightenment is something uh, energetically, basically, what happens that when we are feeling sad, feeling unhealthy, feeling um, angry, whatever those emotions are, um, it 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 almost like take our energy down, and with the yoga practices, the the energy moves upwards, and the. What is enlightenment is the energy of our being moves upwards and universal energy which meets uh, here at the crown of the head, and then that's where the enlightenment happens. So, an and effect obviously throughout our system. Now, we'll talk about enlightenment in a minute. So, where this Yoga Sutra comes from. So, as we know, as I was explaining, that there are many, many thought processes uh, were before these uh, Yoga Sutra came into play and what Yoga Sutra has done is, it has taken all this wisdom and almost like a funnel, lot of thought processes and all these thought processes has come together and they have almost like distilled information is in these Yoga Sutra and each and every drop of this distilled information is extremely valuable. There is not a single word wasted. There is not a single word which uh, which is used. Uh, if we, all the words are used, because they're necessary here, and not because you know uh, explanation. Like you can take Yoga Sutra, like Atha Yoga Anushasaram, or just the word Atha, and meditate on that and move towards enlightenment. So Yoga Sutra gives us this guide towards moving towards enlightenment. And you can see that there is a concept, there are a few concepts there. The concept of yoga. What is yoga? Yoga is basically, uh, uh, when I ask what is yoga in modern world, the first thing is images come in the mind with crazy uh, body shapes, but that's not uh, the true yoga. Uh, that is part of yoga. Uh, what is true yoga is basically moving to moving our energy uh, upward you know moving our energy towards uh, moving towards the uh, we, energy any energy has a negative and positive charge and with worries and tension and stress and emotion color uh, emotions and all that we have usually negative charge so you, with the correct yoga practices we can move towards our energy from negative to positive and as a side effect of that is we start feeling better so the practices which you are doing to help yourself start feeling uh, positive, better, calm, peaceful, all these can be called yoga. Now we use as a yoga teacher, we use uh, asana, uh, uh, all the yoga yoga's practices like asana, pranayama. We use uh, yamas, niyamas. We'll talk about that in a minute. But all this is we use to move towards enlightenment uh, without even us knowing because it is believed that human um, purpose of human life, according to yoga, is to move towards enlightenment. So we uh, as a human being subconsciously know this and what happens that with our uh, sanskaras, our... Uh, a way of coming to this information can create a little bit of barrier in this and so when we start practicing yoga uh, wisdom of yoga we start noticing that we start become aware and what we become aware is that oh something um, uh, what I do is not really serving me and I have to let it go and then we start doing the practices which are helpful for us rather than Uh, help us to move from negative energy towards positive energy rather than constantly vibrating on negative energy. And so this is called Abhyasa. So the Abhyasa is the practices which we do to move from that negative charge of energy towards positive charge. And this could be, the negative charge could be anger, sadness, It could be uh, anxiety, depression, whatever comes in your mind as a negative charge. And then moving towards positive charges, feeling full of energy, feeling happy. In my uh, experience, I felt being at home. I'll explain what I mean. So whenever I am doing asana practice, uh, when I touch my mat, I feel at home. I feel that I have arrived. And this made me realize that this is something very important to me, The doing these asana practice or meditation practice or these practices which help me move towards this uh, better sunita in a way, you know, uh, in a way moving towards, vibrating towards a uh, uh, better human being. And what does that mean is peaceful, calm. For me, that's what it means, peaceful, calm, giving at the same time, I'm also caring for myself, so that balance has to be there. So finding that life balance through uh, yoga, it was very helpful. So the first key is awareness that what's happening, We and then second key is acceptance. When we know this, then we can take the practices, Abhyasa, uh, which will help us to move from vibrating from negative towards positive. And then also we have to let go of few things, which are vairagya, right? Which are basically letting go of few things, which uh, sometimes we think that they're important. But when we become aware, we start noticing that, oh, I, this is not serving me. I have to let go of these practices. And so this, these are the practices we can call abhyas, uh, vairagya or letting go or non-attachment. Now, we are also going to notice that this non-attachment, um, what does that mean as a, as a householder or uh, people with family and we're living the, in the cities and things like that. So here we need to understand that Vairagya uh, here, it doesn't mean that you let go of your family because that's not what it is about. It is about letting go of things which are not serving you letting go of the things which are almost hindrance in your own path. You know, uh, my teacher used to say that, you know, you remove yourself from your uh, uh, obstacle from your path. So you sometimes we are our own obstacles in our own growth. And so when we understand that we can let go of those things which are not serving us, it could be, maybe habits uh, of food it could be maybe habits of um uh, which which are not which are not serving you at this moment and some when we have these habits the reason for those things are they when necessary at one point in our life to sustain and survive but then comes a time when these habits become burden and then we don't need to carry them anymore. So they, this change is necessary. And so our systems tell, system tell us in different ways. And this is the point where we start moving towards letting go of whatever is not serving us. And it helps us to try and un, understand that uh, non-attachment because things like getting attached to things, it's, it's not healthy in especially these kinds of habits, it's really not serving us. So non-attachment in that part is very important. Another way of looking at it also that if you are a parent, um, for example, we can give all the opportunities for our child, but making sure that we are not pushing them into uh, our thought, like molding into like, this is how the life should be. And this is how you should behave. This is attachment. So giving the opportunity to the kids give them wings to fly, but we are not flying for them. So this is what that balance is what is important. So do you see what Vairagya is? So we are not taking that uh, um, burden on ourselves. We are giving our uh, uh, kids opportunity. I'm just thinking from a point of view as a parent that this came in my mind. This is what Vairagya here is. This doesn't mean that you don't care for your kids. You give them a fortune, you give them strength in the wings. But the flying has to be done by them. And they may flumble, they may feel that, you know, oh my God, um, you know, uh, they, but they have to find their own path. Uh, for example, uh, I love uh, wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda. Uh, I would love my daughter to come on this path. But if it is not for her, that's okay i have to take a step back because she is going to discover this world in her own way and i am uh, i will be here for her support her but the outcome the how to live her life is going to be her i have given her the foundation and i have to trust in that and uh, and let it happen so this is what especially that parent thing came up because that's where i personally struggled to find that vairagya, that, uh, that non-attachment, there. So I had to kind of like move away from, uh, uh, move back a little bit and notice that what I'm doing is it's serving her, what's, what is the way we are looking at. Uh, so I hope that these concept of abhyasa and vairagya are, are clear. So Abhyasa means study and any way in form you have regular practices any way and form you uh moving towards the from negative energy towards positive energy uh, i have the practices which will help you to do that that is abhyasa uh, we can also call it self study uh, and then vairagya is the non-attachment how can we give you experience of understanding to embody yoga embodying yoga is the key you know so what we're going to do, uh, that we're going to see that ra- you can write down, if that works for you anyway, that what is, what is Abhyasa for you and what is Vairagya for you. Abhyasa is self-study, uh, the practices which you do to move from negative energy towards positive energy. Uh, so vibrating on positive energy. And vairagya, where you observe non-attachment. So, uh, abhyasa means self-study. The practices you are doing in this now, at this moment, which are taking you from negative charge of energy. And this negative charge of energy could be uh colorful emotions like anger sadness um you know anxiety depression what practices you do to move from this state towards a positive state what practices you do to help yourself and uh, and is this is, are these practices you do regularly or once off so Abhyasa is something you do regularly. Maybe it could be asana class. Maybe it could be meditation practice. Maybe it could be going for walk. Doesn't matter what it is. We, we are not looking for necessarily yoga practices. We are looking for the practices which you do to help yourself. Okay. And that's uh, that will come under Abhyasa. So that's first part. And then second part is non-attachment. So where, what, things you are letting uh, you uh, let go or, or move the from their attachment to again move towards this positive energy so do you understand the concept of non attachment the question is here we are what is it in your uh, personal experience where your attachments are and how you are working towards moving towards non-attachment the vairagya the practice of letting go if you remember the word letting go what do you think uh, letting go has helped you and moving towards positive charge so basically we are it's almost that's why we are doing it at once that it's the similar and the the practices you're doing and how you're moving towards non-attachment so take a moment here, maybe pause the podcast and uh, write down, uh, if you can, or think about it, uh, what is Abhyasa for you and what is vairagya for you at this moment. Uh, this kind of like self-study, uh, self-observation is very valuable uh, on this uh, path of moving towards our um, better self, I can say, or moving towards uh, the positive energy charge in our system, so when we start observing, we start noticing that how these practices we subconsciously know and and we when we start noticing that how we are already on the path of uh moving towards um our positive energy, this is what uh you know it's believed that in wisdom of yoga and ayurveda that um, our it is our birthright to move towards enlightenment. And so well-being is our birthright according to Wisdom of Yoga and Ayurveda. And this uh, well-being is basically starts with awareness, self-awareness. So take this opportunity, pause this podcast now, and uh, you can either think about it or write down your abhyasa and your vairagya uh, the self-study and letting go practices and uh, then come back and listen to rest of the podcast all right so welcome back uh, i hope that you have explored uh, abhyasa and vairagya now we're going to move towards some other concepts like ishwara Pranidhan and things like that so let's explore those so the Ishwara concept is very powerful, uh, we can use that into our life, um, have something to believe in, it doesn't have to be deity, it doesn't have to be, you know, um, uh, uh, this, this concept of something higher than us is good for our mental health on so many levels, so that we can trust in that and we can move from this negative charge of energy towards positive charge. And then also the concept of purusha, the consciousness and the prakriti, the, the movement uh, of the consciousness, conscious principle is also in, as a part of uh, in our wisdom of our yoga. Then there are different types of samadhis. And the reason for that is, is uh, we are all unique fingerprint of divine. So the experience of samadhi is going to be very unique. So we we may have um, a different experience of samadhi as well, and that's why Yoga Sutra explains uh, different uh, types of samadhis. Now, when we are on this path, we notice that the practices may work for us, may not work for others, or um, you know, or, or the practices they are using a little bit different than others, and we can learn from that. But the embodiment the experience is going to be unique in your own similarly the uh, the samadhi experience is going to be also very unique so there is not just one experience of samadhi but there could be different ways of uh, these experience of samadhi um now we're moving to a chapter 2 sadhana pad and in this chapter there is mention of Kriya Yoga, the practices which we can do um, to to move towards, again, enlightenment, that's the concept. So Kriya Yoga is the practices which are a little bit happening, which which, which are a little bit active. Uh, Kriyas can be very powerful. Um, these are a little bit different than our regular uh, asana practice. These are purely on the basis of uh Energy, well, asana practices should be as well to in relation to energy. But kriya is more potent. With there is a there is a reason for these practices. There is a these are specially created to get rid of the blockages of the energy in particular uh, a sense. So they just more precise in that way. Kleshas are basically. Klesha means painful things, you know, so the kleshas are uh, what creates the pain in our life is ignorance, egoism, uh, dislikes and fear of death. So so when we have these kleshas like uh, ignorance, for example, now let's take uh, when we are on the path of uh, yoga, we realize that, oh, my God, this is something, a different way of living, right? So say, for example, a person uh, living life, uh, a really fast moving life, you know, and had no clue what yoga is. And then come across these beautiful practices of yoga and they realize, oh, my God, there is a different way of living. So according to yoga, they were in a state of ignorance. But once what yoga does is it opens the eyes, bring awareness into their life through wisdom of yoga. It helps them to connect with their body, mind, their breathing, their, you know, th- these things are tangible. The physical body, we can help ourselves to connect with to the physical body through asana, through movements, through breath awareness, to understand breathing. What happens that? we as a human being are constantly looking outwards, constantly through our senses we are constantly looking outwards. And yoga gives us opportunity to turn and look inwards. And how can we do that for our client and for ourselves is the physical when I say that sit and meditate, say for example, one hour, will be difficult for our client who has never experienced this. But what if we give them opportunity to connect with them themselves through their physical self so awareness move awareness movement, breath when they it combines together can be a moving meditation practice. So we can give our client that opportunity to move from state of ignorance to state of awareness. We can do that then the um, uh, also um, egoism so ego. Uh, According to yoga, the false ego is not serving anyone. So the ego, the inflated ego, this is what we are working towards, you know, helping us as well as helping our clients to understand how this inflated uh, ego can create these uh, stories which are not true, which is yoga called maya. And these stories, basically, we tell ourselves that uh, this is who we are, and, and that's not when that is not the truth. There is a lot of friction there in our mind, and uh, yoga with the understanding uh, that understanding yoga sutra guide, gives us guidance to use practices to move away from that friction uh, and move away from that false ego. And then self-study as we, uh, sorry, um, disli- likes and dislikes. So likes and dislikes here uh, under Klesha, it's very interesting. So what is like? So if we like something that's beautiful, but if we are obs- uh, obsessed about it, then it is char- with charging with negative energy, right? So the like itself can be positive, but when we... Uh, almost uh, uh, obsessed about it then it will be negative charge and so it is going to affect our mind it is going to affect and, and, uh, and if it affects mind it is going to affect our body body is slow mind let me put that correct so when we uh, uh, so we need to understand that liking something is good but obsession is not good so that that is also hindrance or, or create pain in our life Dislikes again, dislike um, can be very. Um, so wisdom of yoga, the thought, the thought process is: it is what it is. So, so there is no need to hate anything. You know, we observe that, and if we start observing these things from third party point of view. You start noticing that, again, this is a story we are telling, you know, and we are not observing this story. So becoming observer is the key. And then the fear of death. The only thing certain in human life is death. So then why we are fearful about it? That which is going to be born is going to die. So we know that for certain that the death is the most sure thing in our life. It is going to happen but still we have, we have this fear around it and not just, uh, you know, cultural thing or anything. Everywhere we can see that, you know, there is a fear around it. So if there is fear, again, awareness is that it is the only thing which is certain. When we notice that, uh, we, it, it, your wisdom of yoga helps us to let go of these um, uh, kleshas or these painful things which create pain in our life. Then there is also a concept of karma. Karma is not just our karma, but our previous life karma. The karma we are gen- generating this life, every action has reaction. And then also our ancestral karma, which we carry, um, you know, and and so there will be some pra- something called prarabdha karma, which we k- will have to go through some suffering. But there are some uh, sufferings we can actually can come out of that through uh, yoga practices so that's what i was mentioning about the negative energy charge you know um and sometimes we don't even know these um, negative energies may be coming from our ancestral uh, uh from our ancestors and could be coming from the society and so we have just beca- think that this is our energy this is our thought process but that's not true Uh, You know, uh, our our thought process may be different than that, but we never give ourselves opportunity to pause and look within. And meditation or the pratyahara practices or dharana, dhyana, samadhi, all these practices help us to move towards that. And also our yamas and niyamas are really, really uh, valuable. So we'll talk about all this. So before this, we are going to talk about the gunas. So Sankhya philosophy tells us that there are three Gunas, uh, Gunas means qualities which are everywhere and these qualities is Rajas, Tamas and um, satwa. So what is Rajas is Ram, Rajas is happening. Uh, so Rajas is a state of happening. So we need need activity, we need movement to do anything. But what happens when we do too much of that? So right amount of activity is good for us. But if we overdo that, what will happen is we will go into crash and burn. Then what will happen? So if we go in crash and burn and we just become couch potato and really not move and just watch. TV, sit on your couch and do nothing, what is going to happen is that will also generate negative energy. So too much of the movement or lack of movement. So tamas, uh, too much Tamasik is a very heavy kind of energy. Too much Rajasik is almost like vibrating too much. And a lot of time we are in this yo yo as a human being, into moving into happening or constantly moving, so much moving that we then crash and burn. And so this yo yo is very common in a lot of situations. So, uh, and this yo yo can be using, overusing my, your mind as well as uh, underusing your mind. So that can also happen. So, Rajasik is basically activity. Too much activity and tamasiki is too little activity, or no non-activity, inertia. So these you can see these qualities around us, and we need when we have perfect balance of that that state is satwa. So the sattva is the state where um, we want to move towards, and all yoga practices uh, should should help us to move towards the state of satwa. So the physical movement, the, the practices, the awareness towards what's happening in our mind with our body. All this is helpless like, oh, am I, am I overusing my body or am I underusing my body? So that's why we did our Abhyasa and Vairagya practices where we, we were trying to understand what practices we can do to move from these negative charge uh, of energy towards positive charge of energy. And the positive charge of energy is the state of Sattva. This state is, is help us to move towards enlightenment. And this state is so beautiful that we subconsciously know that this is something which feels nice, which feels good. So we can move towards that. So that's the Sattva, Rajas and Tamas, these three states and whole universe has these three states. Now, in our case, these states can be used very positively. Enough movement in our life, the balance movement, balance relaxation. We do need both. But when we overdo it, then that balance collapses. And then we go into too much Rajas or too much Tamas. When we balance it, we move towards more Sattvic state. So we are looking, yoga is moving towards looking more balanced state into into our life Uh, then we're moving towards our yamas and niyamas now yoga sutra has given us um, guidelines literally these are the guidelines if we follow these will help us to uh, move towards enlightenment and these are eight limbs of the uh, the same tree basically we can call eight limbs and that's what ashtanga eight limbs of yoga now, you may enter through, or we can call it eight doors if you want, and you may enter through any door. It doesn't matter the sequence, but for the sake of our um, making life less confusing, we're going to look at this sequence. Um, so let's look at this uh, sequence where uh, the first uh, concept is Yamas. Now, Yamas is non and what is this non-violence about? Literally, literally, this guideline, only just this guideline can help us towards enlightenment. So non-violence, where is this non-violence about? What is this about? It's not towards others, not just towards others. I mean, we are going to be non towards others in our words, in our behavior, in our action. But we are also going to start with us. So notice your thoughts, notice the dialogue in your head which you have, is, it, is, the, is the wording um, uh, very authoritative or is it gentle, is it kind, is it, it is compassionate and if it is not we are moving it towards the compassionate and kind dialogue towards yourself. Treat yourself like you will treat others, treat yourself with a lot of compassion and love. When we start with this concept of ahimsa, here, non-violence, we can actually move towards enlightenment. We are halfway there to be very frank, you know. So constantly we can start noticing that how can I uh, nurture and look after myself. Self-care will come under here because self-care is absolutely important to thrive. Because when our cup is full, we will able to share with others. But if we cannot share empty cup, you know, there is no... There, what will we share? It, it We will dry out and then we'll move towards the state of tamas, uh, you know, or excess rajas or things like that. So Ahinsa is very important. Uh, well, all these are really important. Uh, satya means truthfulness. So what is this truth about? So this is also... Again, we are going to start everything with ourselves the, the truthfulness towards yourself. Okay, is this really uh, helping me in a sense like, is this, do I really need this, you know, and do I really, um, is it serving me? And here we are not being selfish, we are being truthful that, okay, this may, maybe these practices, for example, if you go to a meditation practice, If you start following a meditation practice and and because all your friends are doing it, but somewhere you're feeling that this doesn't feel right, you know. And so acknowledging that and maybe you need a different practice. So this is the truthfulness, understanding the practices. do, Do they really work or is it the fashion we are accepting? Other thing is truthfulness into your verbally communicating. You know, this doesn't mean that you go and harm others with your too much truth. But also, remember Ahinsa. So we are always from the place of Ahinsa. But also the truth is, sometimes we have to have courage to talk about our truth. You know, so come back to that truthfulness again and again. Then Asteya means non-stealing. Again, here we are looking at uh, steal someone's ideas. Uh, Inspiration is fantastic, but not stealing their words or ideas. You can take inspiration for amazing people around you. That is helpful. But uh, this is where it's talking about non-stealing, about the ideas, about, you know, the concept of of not grabbing onto someone else's property in that way. Uh, even though it is intellectual property. Brahmacharya sometimes... Um, so a word, a meaning of word Brahmacharya means... Uh, embodiment of divine They're basically literally uh, bringing how brahma means the divine acharya means behavior how brahma will behave if brahma enter in your system how you will behave so imagine the divine is within you which that's what yoga tells us so now we acknowledge that the divine is within us then how will you be your behavior the divine will behave with that so we are consciously aware of what we're doing uh, and we we start noticing that there are a lot of things we don't really need this is where when we start noticing non attachment we start noticing how to move towards uh, vibrating towards positive energy so this will all come under brahmacharya and and uh, brahmacharya is also a moderation everything in moderation uh, that's what we are looking at so uh, brahmacharya is very very uh, interesting sometimes it is explained uh, in relation to just the sexual uh, behavior but brahmacharya is more than that everything in moderation basically if you remember that is brahmacharya uh, aparigraha basically means non-hoarding and and this is where um, sometimes you know the controlling the holding kind of like nature comes up for sometimes uh, you know out of habit or what we see around what if we share you know the this is where uh, the concept is that whole mother earth has given us so much we have so much abundance around us but still we we go into feeling of lack And why is that happening, this feeling of lack? So is it the origin is maybe the concept of hoarding? You know, are we trying to, how much do we need really, you know, to survive? And so when we start meditating on that, we start noticing that we don't really need to hoard uh, onto, uh, onto material things also or intellectual property and things like that. So this is how... We can let go of the the holding. So awareness is the key in all of these things. Then comes the niyamas. Niyamas as basically saucha, the cleanliness. We are uh, uh, into day to day activity. Uh, you know the cleanliness is very important. Ayurveda is has so many practices uh, how to bring cleanliness into our our day to day life. And this is really helpful that it helps us feel uplifted. It helps us feel joyous. It helps us feel almost confident in us that, you know, bringing all this in our life. Santosha is contentment, right? That peace of like, again, it, it will go with the holding again, you know, like bringing contentment into what we have. Maybe the gratitude practices will come here, the fine understanding that, When we understand what we have, we are then uh, noticing how grateful uh, to have these in our life, you know, so that uh, the santosha can come under that. Tapas is self-discipline, the Abhyasa, the uh, regular practices, the practices which you, which we discussed earlier to move from negative charge of energy towards positive charge of energy, will come under tapas. Tapas means literally uh, the self-discipline practices. Say, let's take example that if you love coffee and uh, just because you love it, you know, it doesn't make sense that you you have five, six cups of coffee. What it will going to do is it is going to create this imbalance in your system. So to balance yourself maybe, and, and since you love it, uh, maybe have one cup of coffee, which will give you that containment, that santosha, and also have the discipline, you know, to have that. So it is a combination of that. It's very powerful to have these practices, yamas and niyamas, into our day-to-day life. Um, swadhyaya is, again, self-study, which we discussed earlier. and and, you, and in this discussion, you may have noticed that there are so many ways... To reach the goal, you know, and it's it's so amazing to have that. Ishwara Pranidhan is surrender to divine. So understanding that there is a higher power than us, doesn't matter what you call this uh, Ishwara, uh, but this higher power, acknowledging that and surrendering to the divine, it's really good for our mental health, to be very frank, you know, it's really good for our mental health. So, bringing that into our life, now we all know asana, and a lot of time our clients are going to enter through this gate of asana because we can understand the physical body, so when we tell our client to lift their arm up, they can so that you know that movement they can connect with it's tangible, so they can connect with that, so we can give them this um, aware understanding and awareness through. Connecting through the asana. Now asana, even though it is a physical movement, it is heavily connected with our energy body. So um, asana, it's not just a physical movement, it's also what's happening with your energy body. Pranayam. Pranayam is basically breath regulation. Sometimes it's uh, translated as... Um, uh, controlling your breath but it's not really when we bring in the word control then how there will be ahinsa there won't be ahinsa so it is the word itself is basically regulating the breath and how can we regulate the breath just few moments of breath awareness can do wonders for ourselves and our clients if you have more than that practice you know um, some pranayam practices are uh, uh, can be done by everyone but there are other practices they have some side effects so you need a person who understands the pranayam practices that's why in regular classes uh, I suggest to teach just the breath awareness uh, maybe nadi shodhana. but uh, more than that I think we should be a little bit careful but let's take a look at breath awareness and what it does for us so let's for a few seconds just tune into our breath. You don't have to change anything, just notice your breath. Just connect with your breath, notice the rhythm of your breath at this moment without changing anything. Let's do that. If you are driving uh, while listening to the podcast uh, or doing something, come back to me. Uh notice the the breath uh, please also make sure that you're driving safely uh, so observing your breath that's what we're going to do and just few moments a uh, few breaths here no need to change anything observe your breath So how was this observation of the breath or connecting with the breath? What did you notice? You may notice that the breath uh, has deepened when you observe it. You may have noticed that um, you're still trying to control it. Uh, You may have noticed that uh, you may not uh, connect with anything and that's all okay. Uh, What we're trying to do is just connecting with the breath, noticing the sensations, noticing what's happening. I was often asked that, you know, as soon as um, I mentioned that connect with the breath um, and don't control it, uh, the mind goes into controlling of the breath. So how to address that? that we need regular practice for these uh, for example just observing connecting with the breath and vairagya is where we are not going to connect with any uh, or let go of any expectation about the practice every day we're going to just just connect and acknowledge it is what it is and it is very difficult for rational mind to let it be because it will like it, it's. Rational mind's job is to take this in, uh, information and make sense of it and and analyze and uh, you know, uh, critique about. It. So that's how our mind does and so, the rational mind is going to do that. And here we had we are training that our mind also to step back a little bit and let me experience the breath. So that's how it is, right? With the pranayama practices. Just breath awareness. What it does is, uh, physically for us is, uh, when we start noticing our breath, it starts deepening. It naturally happens. You know, it starts slowing down, and so even just that, it, what it does, it the after our uh, inhalation and exhalation, gases exchange happen in our system. So we are oxygenating our system more. So if we are into a stressful situation, our, my, our, our our thoughts are up here and constantly, um, you know, that makes our breath shallow. So just few moments of noticing or connecting with the breath is going to deepen the inhale and our exhale. And that is going to be very, very um, beneficial for our self, uh, our clients, so we can... Help our client to connect with the breath, just with the breath, by connecting with the breath. Just a few moments, observe your breath without any judgment. When we put it out there, we are training our clients to connect with that. And we can do this practice for ourselves as well. Then Pratyahara practices. So have you heard the word Pratyahara? And uh, do you are you aware of Pratyahara uh, practices? Um so, Pratyahara means sensory withdrawal. So, as I was explaining, that we are constantly looking outwards, right? We are constantly looking outwards in a sense like we are sensing, uh, ex- experiencing this world through our senses, okay? And so we're constantly using that we, our senses. We're constantly looking outwards, but pratyahara practices help us to withdraw our senses. Uh, you, you can do one at a time. You can you can do uh, all at once over the period of time. So what will come under pratyahara practices? The practices uh, like. Uh, um, Relaxation practices, yoga, nidra, guided meditation will come under pratyahara practices. It's very, very powerful experience. Um, Guided meditation is also pratyahara practices. It's in relation to our physical form. So yamas, niyamas, asana, pranayama, pratyahara. These are the sense. uh, This is about our physical form. Then we are moving towards more internal, our manas, our mind, uh, and so from pratyahara can be either physical from or manas, fam, which or mind related. That's uh, it can be both, um, and then comes the purely now mind, mind related thing. You know, so this is uh, where we are moving towards dharana. Dharana is basically learning to now uh, bring mind into the calming state, the peaceful state, the concentration. Okay, so we our mind, as I was explaining, it's the most powerful tool we have and we sense uh, Samadhi or enlightenment through the power of our mind. Our mind is also, if we never train our mind, it is like an unruly child. You Know and um, or you can compare it to a monkey if you teach a monkey um, to sit, try want monkey to sit down, uh, and if you tell the monkey, monkey will jump really up, up and down high, you know, because it's it doesn't like that control. Our mind does the same thing, that's why we have these practices. But what if, uh, uh, but monkey also does is it follows you, so the owner of the monkey. Uh, if they sit down, the monkey will sit down, you know. So our mind is the same. So if we bring stillness into the mind, we need to sit down and observe and find that one-pointedness and train our mind to find uh, a way to bring that dharana uh, into our life, the the practice of concentration. Now, to do these practices, we need initially uh, an anchor For our mind something to hold on to otherwise it becomes a little bit difficult so that's why uh, there are things like mantra there are things like uh, body awareness there are things like uh, mantra is very very useful it's the most used tool in wisdom of yoga Uh, there are also uh, visualizations that can be used and usually the mantra and these practices were given by the guru Uh, when they tune into disciples' energy. Now, we don't have, in modern world, we don't have gurus around us, you know. So then we can find it different ways. We can experiment what really works, what helps your mind to calm down. And you can use these practices to bring that into your your day-to-day practice. So you'll notice that some practices really work for you and others don't. So do the practices which really feel, you feel affiliation towards, you feel connection. And also we need to see the effect of the practice afterwards. Like does it feel that energy, positive energy rising, that uplift of energy or do you feel heavy afterwards? If you're feeling heavy, obviously you need to change the practice, do the practice which will bring you, that lightness that in the energy uplift into uh, and and yet groundedness into the practice Uh, dhyana is now where after learning these practices now you can hold your concentration unbroken awareness for maybe one or two hours or more and the more you practice the more you can hold this awareness this is where the, the the no thought concept you know the mind is almost in the pure stillness, and the more you will stay in the state of dhyana, the more it you it will um, take you to a state of samadhi, and samadhi is where we become one with the divine. There is no duality here. The energy, uh, our energy and universal energy, is one. And sometimes people uh, after. Uh, Dhyana, people get stuck into something called Siddhi, where after, during these practices, when we start becoming one with the universe through these practices, uh, there are things which were given us as a reward in a way. And these things are, maybe you're able to read someone's thoughts, uh, read the energy, you can connect... uh, These could be just, these are few examples, there are many other things, you know, and these, sometimes people get stuck here and a lot of time you will see that the downfall from here is really bad, like, you know, then it will take another thousands of uh, cycles of life and death to come out of this. So this downfall, there are a lot of uh, these siddhis, as they are called, uh, is where maybe walking on water or things like that. And it do happen, like there are sages who have these siddhis, but if they let them go into their ego, then that's going to be inflated ego. So that the downfall is so bad that it takes them ages to come out of it, another few life cycles. But if they don't fall prey for that, then moving towards Samadhi, the state of enlightenment. And also, Samadhi is something um, which... It's a beautiful state. It's not just you, but people around you also sense that. My guru uh, is enlightened master. And uh, you you see that there is no ego. This tiny being uh, is full of so much positive uh, vibration of energy. You feel peace and calm in his presence. He doesn't have to say anything, doesn't have to do anything. He still lives in a small hut, and oh, and so people donate him lot of money, and all money is used to uh, give uh, education to the uh, people who live in uh, kids who live, uh, grew up in the tribe. So they are they they are given opportunity to do free education and also twenty four by seven kitchen uh, in India. You know, where the food is scarce, Uh, these kind of things really are really, really helpful for the society. Anyone can come in and eat there. And that that's what he 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 creates, like that kind of like positive energy and these liberation. It could be maybe uh, uh, stories. We don't know if that is that is what uh, going to happen to us you know we don't really know but what we know in this now in this now is that if we are vibrating either too much rajas or too much tamas we need to bring satwa into our life bring that balance in our life and what is going to do is it is going to help us to uh, bring uh, maybe better uh, quality life, you know, maybe peaceful mind, maybe healthy body. So when we start noticing just from the the gunas point of view, it can give us so much. I hope you enjoyed the discussion about Yoga Sutra. In this Yoga Sutra discussion, I was uh, talking mainly about how to bring uh, wisdom of yoga into your life and how to enhance your life with this understanding of wisdom of yoga. These eight limbs of yoga is a, are really powerful tools to help us move towards our, uh, vibrate towards a positive energy. So I hope that this helps to bring uh, wisdom of yoga into your day-to-day life. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for tuning in, I really appreciate that, that you're taking this time out of your day. Don't forget to subscribe. Take care. Bye for now.